Well, hello. Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Good Shabbos. It's Friday. The weekend's here. I hope your week was so full of nachis, which is Yiddish for joy. And I really hope you got to see some of your chevra, that is like your tight-knit group, some of your mishpoche, that's your family. And maybe even if you've got some bubalim, some kepalim, that's Yiddish for youngsters, cuties. <laughs> and I hope you got to see them too. Anyways, I hate long intros. I know you do too. Let's get in. It's going to be a podcast summary from the Happiness Lab. TikTok, chokma, some wisdom on TikTok, yes. And that's about it. Enjoy. Okay, you guys know I love and cavell about Dr. Lori Santos. I love this woman. She is fantastic. Her podcast is as good as her course. Let's jump in. Let's do this. It's all about emotions. So there's a story. This is so cool. I wish I knew this story earlier. It's about a ship sailor. He sees a light and he thinks it's another ship and he tells his crewman to go Morse code to the ship and move. Tell the ship to move out of their way. With arrogance, he keeps telling this guy, tell that ship to move. Tell that ship to move. Because the crewman, you know, he's the crewman. He's going to keep doing it. He just keeps doing it. And again, this is pure arrogance. Now, and this crewman comes back and keeps saying, the ship isn't moving. It doesn't. It's not going to move. And this guy, he's ignoring the crew guy. He's saying, I don't care. Tell them to move. And then finally, the, the crewman goes, it can't move, Captain, because it's a lighthouse. And the lighthouse is telling you to move. <laughs> now, what do you think that reflects? What is the message there? If you were thinking that you have to move sometimes in life, because there are things that will not change, you are correct. And right away, I think to jobs. Some people think you know, that the job will get better, or the partner will get better wrong you need to move you need to dump that person you need to to quit from the job and fire your boss because yes you're the one that fires a boss <laughs> sometimes things in life will not move and you have to get your tuchus moving now the person that told the story this researcher calls them navigators and these navigators they will pop up in life they might feel like peer pressures but if you don't move for that lighthouse metaphorically you will get hurt you will get burned. And then when the next lighthouse pops up, you'll have to move because you've learned your lesson. But some people, they get burned multiple times. They don't learn their lesson until the third or fourth lighthouse in their life. This is absolutely mashuga. We have over 10,000 thoughts verbally every day and even more in our own head. So the guest on this podcast says that you need to gain control over your emotions by observing those thoughts. And ask yourself, what are these thoughts telling me? What do I need to learn from it? Because how scary is this? If you do not have control over your emotions, that means you're controlled unconsciously by tens of thousands of thoughts. And who controls those thoughts? But the big corporations, I know I sound like a hipster, but the big corporations, the big commercials, the, uh, the people in your life who are influenced by other things, like you have no control over your life if you don't have control of your emotions and thoughts. And you're not aware of them. Be present. Be the observer. That's what Eckhart Tolle says in Power of Now. Be the observer. Goodness gracious people. Like No wonder there's so many fragile people out there. They're, they're totally unconscious. Moving on. There is a mental model called display rules. 
And I've never heard of this, but it is interesting. It's a person who is telling another person to stay positive through hard times. They're unconsciously telling that person to suppress and bottle. And these are things that should not be bottled or suppressed. Uh, Otherwise, obviously, you lash out and attack others. Okay. Again, it's called a display rule because, you know, how often do you see this where someone's upset and the person will say, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to move on from this and be stronger than ever. You're strong. That it, the person means well, but in reality, they're hurting them. It's not necessarily the true compassion. It's crazy sometimes. I really, really don't mean to sound egocentric and self-centered. I've realized sometimes saying nothing, as much as it might seem awkward, you say nothing and that person who's in distress in their kvetching, they're going to keep talking because that's all they want. So many people just want to be heard. And on a, on a super random side note, I had some youngsters. They were really going after each other. Their brother, sister that I train, they were hitting each other's insecurities so hard in the weight room. It was just us in there. And I, I had to tell them like, hey, that's too far, you guys. Seriously, really inappropriate. Don't go there. And, and, but, and whereas most parents might get upset because of projection, I took a step back and I go, you know what? They don't realize it. They just want to be heard. Now, when two kids bicker at each other like this, they, they don't have the same understanding. They have not read the same books. So they don't understand that they want to be heard. They need to prove they're completely controlled by their self-talk, which remember your ego and self-talk is controlled by your subconscious programming, which is controlled by information you're taking in. So clearly these kids are just taking in information that programs them to have to lash out when they're hurt because they haven't been taught why they're doing that. Anyways, (laughs) anyways. And so what I'm saying is if that kid was really upset, I really just wish I could have been there to hear them out or, or it wasn't their sibling. Like, I really wish it wasn't their sibling there. Who's, who's going to just keep digging into them and it's going to be back and forth and they're going to make no progress. Cause just remember people, you can never prove someone wrong. No one will just all of a sudden forfeit an argument and be like, yeah, you know, you're right. Unless they're very, very insightful and, and okay with themselves. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, if that sounded like an absolute input vomit it was and and what i'm saying is that kids want to just be heard and remember every adult has an inner child so adults too when they get flustered just want to be heard and if someone is sad or angry or just flustered sometimes it's best to say nothing unless they ask you a question okay and i'm not going to go deeper into that because there's like a million outcomes that could happen from the question like if someone said like Well, you're not saying anything, like, say something. You go, and maybe you pose another question back instead of saying something, because they might just take that as fuel if they're upset. Or you could pose a question like, continue, please elaborate. And then you give them room to keep talking. And if they ask another question, then then you maybe answer them. But you don't want to sound like a robot either. That pisses people off. And so that's what I'm saying when I, that that all stemmed from me saying, give people space. Sometimes if it seems awkward when you don't say anything and they're just kvetching, that's okay. They will keep talking. They just want to be heard. The guest talks about not identifying with our emotions, which I couldn't agree more with. You guys know this very, very pro stripping identity. And this was really cool. Her analogy, we are the sky 
not the clouds. So if our emotions were the clouds that come and go, because remember our emotions, very dynamic and they come and go. We are the sky that has never been destroyed and never created. And we're just observing the clouds. But that's not us. We realize they're going to come and go. We just realize, oh, they're there because of this and that. We know the reasons. Some people aren't aware of the reasons. But then some people, according to Eckhart Tolle, we are so desperate to feel alive that we have to identify with something. And so people latch on to anything, including our emotions. So you are the sky. You are not the clouds. Remember that. There's a cool thing. The guest says we have to create space so we can objectively look at our emotions. That's why we have to stop and detach. Create space so we look at our emotions. That's literally how I see it now. It's like I look at my emotions out there. It's like this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing that. And it's okay. I had no choice. That's just the way it is. It's the way my programming was. So she says here, when we do... When we no longer identify as an emotion but identify as the observer of emotion we can now start to analyze look at the reasoning why we might have created a story and we can dig into uh, we can dig into the story um, think about who taught you to believe those stories and the components of that story the list goes on with these ways you can deep dive into your emotions not intersubjectively but objectively one would argue everything's intersubjective reality, but whatever. To finish this podcast off, the great line. This guest says, discomfort is the price of admission for a meaningful life. Discomfort is the price of admission for a meaningful life. And I was talking to Scott Thompson about this in regards to willful suffering, which he's brought up many times because of Mark Manson or some other people he's read and then he taught me. And it's true, people. Just a refresher. I've talked about this on the podcast. Willful suffering is you're going to be in pain in life either way. You can either exercise and be in pain, or you can have cardiovascular disease and be in pain when you're dying of a heart attack or something. Now, this is what's trippy, okay? So most people would deem that a heart attack's worse than being in pain in the weight room. However, if a person was going to enjoy the pain from a heart attack more than the pain from the weight room, then one would say, wait until the heart attack, which I know sounds so backwards. And I'm sure there's no one on earth that believes that, but I'm looking at this philosophically is like, cause remember the exercise turns enjoyable because we know it's going to lead to no heart attack. So we deem that pain as joyous pain, the same way we deem spicy food as enjoyable because it reflects that we're eating culture, we're with people. So what I'm saying is like, if a person was exercising, they're like, oh, this is worse than a heart attack for sure. And they know that they're convicted. Then I guess technically they shouldn't be exercising if their goal is just to live a life of no exercise, which is more enjoyable than exercise and that it's worth the heart attack. Then when they're having the heart attack, get this, the heart attack is going to be a joyous experience because they knew it was the sacrifice is worth it. Isn't that fucked up? <laughs> but that's that's philosophy. <laughs> okay, we're at the halfway mark and perfect time. We're going to jump into some TikTok chokhmah. Let's get into this. Wanting a positive experience is a negative experience. Accepting a negative experience is a positive experience. And this this I talked about this way back, I think, on the podcast, but I'll touch on it again. So what if a person, since apparently wanting a positive experience is a negative one, what if someone wanted a negative experience? 
So now I've stripped this back. I'm like, oh, okay. Wanting is negative, despite positive or negative connotations. Just wanting something is negative. That's what the Buddhists agree with anyways as well. Accepting a negative experience is a positive experience. So acceptance, because what if you accepted a positive experience? Then that's a positive one as well, right? So really this quote is saying, wanting is negative, accepting is positive. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I came down to. Because what if someone wants a negative experience, right? Then is that negative now? <laughs> it all stems back to just being present. Because if you're wanting something, you're not being present. To accept something is to be present. You just can't get away with presence being the key to happiness. I'm not even kidding because depression stems from the past. Anxiety stems from the future. The present is peace. Okay, next, we're moving on to this TikTok about some behavioral psychology because, yes, my TikTok's all about that stuff because I just love stripping out. Stripping out. I love stripping. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. Uh, get to my OnlyFans. No, I I love stripping down my... <laughs> Oh, I can just, it, it's a good thing I do this alone. This could have been a nasty podcast. Um, I love going back to when I was a kid and looking at how I was parented. So when a parent is upset randomly around the house, it can cause the child to feel anxious and form, believe it or not, attachment issues. So the reason for this is the parent will lash out for doing nothing. Now, they're teaching a child, really, to be super empathetic and aware. Because now the kid's always thinking, like, oh, what's mom or dad going to do? They're always, or their caregiver. They're always wondering what they're going to do. So they're empathetic now. They can read emotion really well. They also want us to know if they're going to get yelled at out of nowhere. So they're just always aware, hyper aware. Never looking in at themselves, hence them being empathetic. Also trying to fix people and trying to people please and trying, you know what I mean? This can actually cause relationships in their life to suffer. They don't trust, maybe. Um, they could never trust the person they loved. And remember, our caregivers teach us how to love. So all your relationships, you can thank your parents for the way you handle relationships. Deep down. Now, if you've been in a lot of relationships, you can also thank the people in those relationships. It's not completely your parents because you're going to learn from every relationship, right? And you're going to use that into your next one. Actually, a great example is there's this thing I do when I was... There's this like little kissing thing I do. I just kind of like bite someone's lip, like, but not like, <laughs> don't worry. I wouldn't like completely destroy their lip. I wouldn't like, like I wouldn't like bite it. Just like, I was just like lightly nibble it. And then one person was like, oh, is that, I don't like that. And I was like, oh shit. Like this other partner I had, I totally forgot like that. They liked that, but I should have known like this person was a different person. And that's, that's why every relationship you're going to learn from someone else. So, and the reason I say that is like, it's not like my caregiver taught me how to do <laughs> like my caregiver like that's so messed up right like my caregiver didn't like teach me how to kiss someone a certain way anyways so it's that it's a mix right i think it's i think it's more the internal stuff is what we were taught by caregivers okay so this really random guy with no credentials on tiktok like most people on there he had a theory so i'll share this because i thought it was cool we get so much dopamine on social media right when we're out in the boring real world our brain fires thoughts at us nonstop to keep us at this baseline dopamine. And so this is why, ironically, we get more anxious from social media when we use it to forget about our thoughts. Now, I do have to, I have to check with a psychologist on that, but that's someone's theory. And I thought that was kind of cool. Another random person says, do not argue. Don't argue. There is no point. It never works. You'll never convince someone of anything when arguing with them. Just please internalize that. You will never win an argument. You cannot win an argument. Um, get, your, get yourself centered when you're feeling things getting out of control, okay? Center yourself. Just be like, okay, why am I trying to prove to myself or others? 
blah, 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 blah. And you can start going super deep with your self-talk. There's a saying here, say your part and then depart. <laughs> okay. Because uh, once you say your part, you're not going to. So maybe say your part if you really want to get something off your chest for your ego's sake and then get the fuck out. I believe that people trying to convince each other, even though they're both set on their ways, is really projecting fears and insecurities on each other while taking everything personal. <laughs> That's really what's happening when people are trying to convince each other of things. There's a saying here. We're going to move on. We've all heard this, but if you haven't, this is a big day for you. <laughs> nothing changes if nothing changes. And if you've heard that before, but you forgot about it, you are welcome. Um, oh, I just learned. So you'd say, uh, you'd say de nada in Spanish. You'd say de rien uh, in French. And then Francais. And then in Hebrew, you'd, what was it? It was Beckle. Oh, I forget now. It starts with a B. <laughs> that was super random. Um, what I was going to say, don't, um, nothing changes if nothing changes. You have to change something if you want things to change. If you know better, then do better, okay? If you know better, do better. What are you waiting for? What are these deep insecurities doing stopping you? Why are you chained down by your fears and insecurities? We need to go deep. There's something called the flooding smile. This is just creepy. I couldn't disagree with this more. When you greet someone, oh God, this, this is so cringe. When you greet someone, it, this person says, don't immediately smile super large. Analyze their persona for a split second. And when you see, and then, and then flood them with a huge, genuine smile. Apparently, it'll make them feel a million times better. I couldn't disagree with that more. That, that is just straight creepy. Imagine you're straight faced with somebody for like a split second. When seeing, like, I honestly think something was wrong, to be honest with you. I'd be so confused. Okay, we have TikTok Wisdom Part 2 here. And I'm going to try and hustle through this. We're at the 17-minute mark. And should I end the podcast right now? Do you guys want TikTok Chokhmah Part 2 here? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to end the podcast. You guys, I'm going to keep you on that cliffhanger. You got to listen in next week if you want to hear this next part of TikTok. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you guys, the all two of you for listening. <laughs> This really though, if I am dead and gone, and this is the year 2200, and you're some great, 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 great grandchild, please go refinance and cash out your real estate that I I left left you. No, I'm just kidding. Please, uh, this this is actually kind of a trippy moment right now. I I'm going to assume that my future family can listen to this, and maybe someone's trying to like dig up their ancestry. And they've somehow stumbled across my anchor cloud. Welcome. And maybe, what are the odds they stumble across this moment right now? Jeez. Anyways, if you are listening, if you are listening, this is going to be really awkward for the people who are in the year 2022. If you're listening and it's way down in the future, you better be hovering off the ground right now. And this better be in your brain. This microchip better be in your brain. I truly love you and take care. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars and review this. 
put something crazy in those reviews and just get people clicking on this thing <laughs> and then honestly i don't care though this is the thing i do this for my future family so i honestly couldn't give a piece of mierda that's spanish for cacta which is yiddish for shit anyways i couldn't give a crap if you guys listen because this is for my future fam and for the cloud because yes one day all my audio will be taken and a simulated version of zev will still be living in existence which i couldn't care about living forever um i can't wait to die actually i'm not suicidal but i cannot wait to pass away it'll be a fun experience as long as i'm not in a car accident uh i am rambling way too much now see you later shabbat shalom